0: The US president fights the champ on a rapidly flooding mud island.
1: Somebody write this. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Somebody Write This, where we use a random plot generator to give us an idea and then brainstorm how that could be a thing somebody might want to write. I'm Hannah.
1: And I'm Jenny. And to help us with our brainstorming today, we have a guest. Let's welcome Mickey Cottom. Hi! Hi! Thanks for
2: having me.
0: So thank you so much for joining us, Mickey. Uh, we were talking before the podcast about kind of your take on storytelling and you are just absolutely in love with immersive storytelling. I would love for you to start off by just telling our listeners what, what does that mean to you? What have you been involved with? What do you love so much about it? Let's get a conversation about this going.
2: Oh man, how long is this podcast again? <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the most condensed version we can tackle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I think immersive Storytelling is something that's really starting to break free in the entertainment industry right now, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, We've seen a lot of it brought up in Disney with the Galaxy's Edge Park and their new hotels. We've seen it in Utah, where I live, at Evermore Park. It is a new method of storytelling that invites not only the creators and the storytellers to tell the audience a story, but it actively invites the guests to participate in that storytelling. And to me, that is incredibly exciting. And it's something I'm super passionate about. Uh, I started off my storytelling career, I guess you could say. I have a master's degree in creative writing. I was a huge theater nerd and had took any chance I could get to perform in any capacity. But it wasn't until I was really able to catch hold of this idea of immersive storytelling when I was offered a role in a stream, I guess you could call it a Dungeons and Dragons theater uh, show. And it was wonderful. And I then after uh, was able to act at Evermore Park, as I said, in Utah. And this method and experience of immersive storytelling ruined all other storytelling for me for the rest <laughs> of my life. <laughs> it was like going, you know, eating baby food and then having a real meal and then feeling this is what I've been wanting to do. This is this is right. it. This is my yes. thing. Mm-hmm. And immersive storytelling really connects, as I was saying, that storyteller with the listener. And creating that story in real time. There's there's no going back. There's no take back, There's no rewinding or editing out or, oh, I flubbed that or that wasn't very pretty or my accent just was horrible right then. But <laughs> we're just going to forget about that and brush that under the rug. That sounds um, terrifying. <laughs> 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 it is. It, especially when you're talking to somebody from that country and you're looking at them dead in the eye thinking... <laughs> please i do it the best I can and, but the most amazing feeling is when you're speaking to somebody from a country that your character is from and they believe you and they say Ooh. what part of you what, oh I grew up there what street are you from <laughs> where part are you from and there's that, I, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it because that's when you know oh. you are you've got your audience right
1: that would be thrilling oh my goodness <laughs>
2: It is, it is is like none other that I've experienced. And being able to connect and look into somebody's eye and have them step into another world with you as a storyteller Mm -hmm. and go on a journey hand in hand with you where they're, where you're almost their sidekick is something undescribably uh, transformative in storytelling and in being able to help somebody experience something outside themselves in a way that they've never done before.
0: With immersive storytelling, with uh, anything with the, which involves like audience interaction, you get you get two groups of people. You get the ones who are like, "Yes, please, I want to be part of this. Mm-hmm. I want to be on stage too," <laughs> and others who are more reluctant, <laughs> more hesitant. And in a in a park, that might be be different. But I would love to hear what you have found to be useful in how you interact with those who might be a little bit more hesitant to really jump into this. How is have you found ways to kind of pull them into the story without without scaring them <laughs> the way they oh. think they're going to be scared? Or? <laughs>
2: Absolutely, it's a very vulnerable place for mm-hmm. me and for an audience member or a guest or uh, whatever you want to call the participant to put themselves in a position to take risks and to do something that may seem or over the top or even understated. It's a, I respect somebody being hesitant and being skeptical because it tells me that they're taking what they're doing seriously. Mm. And so when I encounter somebody, whether it's on stage or if we're doing an immersive storytelling experience digitally, and I see somebody is a little bit more hesitant and a little bit more reserved. I find it's best not to push them, let them live Mm -hmm. in that space for a little bit. Uh, It's like when you go to a different country, right? You don't automatically go and start talking to all the locals and tell me your gossips. (laughs) And, you know, you you want to. You want to be a part of their culture. You want to be a part of their scene. But sometimes it takes you a minute
1: just Mm -hmm. to absorb
2: your surroundings, to Mm -hmm. evaluate the space and to assess the risks associated with your participation. And my job, Uh, as an immersive storyteller is to show you as quickly as I can, that there are no risks. There are very, Mm -hmm. very few risks to your participation and a lot of rewards. So I understand people being hesitant, especially because it's a new medium and you have Mm -hmm. to be vulnerable and you have to go back into a childlike play, like wonder state of mind. There's something thrilling and exhilarating when you're able to step just outside your comfort zone and play. Mm -hmm. And watching people do that in front of me is probably some of the most gratifying and rewarding experiences in immersive storytelling for me, because it's seeing somebody actively leave behind the person that they came in as Mm -hmm. and say that they want to be something more and do something more with you in this storytelling space and so I understand being hesitant and I welcome it come be Mm -hmm. hesitant be skeptical (laughs) you know I'll do my it's my job to make sure that you feel comfortable and Mm -hmm. you know the boundaries of the sound sandbox that we're playing in and as soon as people understand that those boundaries and how much fun it can be Mm -hmm. it's very it's not it doesn't take them long for them to open up.
0: I think you and I could definitely both talk about this for <laughs> the rest of, pod- of the podcast, but but we will have to, let's let's create some storytelling of our own together here. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, we'll see where this one will go. I have no idea. There's more collaborative storytelling than <laughs> yeah. immersive
1: storytelling, yeah. but it's, I think uh, you will enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. So uh, as a
0: reminder, our synopsis is the US president fights the champ on a rapidly flooding mud island. Oh my uh, God. Did anybody else <laughs> see this
1: as like, this is the opening <laughs> scene of the movie? movie and so you're like what the heck is going on yeah. <laughs> i was trying to figure out if it
0: was an ending scene we're building up to i think the question we need to ask immediately is is this a real u.s president or is this some future u.s president like bill Pullman from independence day or something
2: right. i was actually thinking independence day but i read yes. my mind on that because i could just see him ripping open his shirt on mud island <laughs> down to it
0: is it that actual president? Is this Independence <laughs> Day 2? Uh, they might have had a sequel. Independence Day 3, maybe? I don't That's know. Right. where uh, The aliens come back and he has to fight the alien champ.
2: <laughs> I mean, we could go with Biden because that would be very entertaining <laughs> in its own right. Like it's like this mud island and you have,
1: like, the Hulk on one side and then you have Biden at his podium trying to debate with him. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> also... It could also be a past
1: president. This could be
0: Abraham Lincoln fighting a champ somewhere. Ooh, yeah. Like, we could make this, you know, some, some, uh, the unknown story of, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe this is whichever president was that caught a cold on inauguration day and then died oh a yeah, yeah maybe this was what really happened <laughs> he <laughs> fought somebody on a rapidly flooding mud island but, so we could also take somebody from the past or a fictional one we have so many options here.
2: this is this is start, quickly turning into one of those secret dossiers that's going to be uncovered you know x-files
0: oh <laughs> what if every u.s president has to do this
2: It would explain a lot. Let's let's just say
0: So it could be like the future one and then he goes on and learns that it is what the president does first. They fight the champ.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well and I think that begs the question of who is the champ? Like this feels like a long standing champ.
0: Well and that's the thing is like if the president loses, what happens? Because clearly, if it's happened in the if this has been just the tradition, the president continues on and like becomes <laughs> still president. So, like,
1: what goes wrong if they fight the champ? Do but, they get? Why is the president fighting the champ? Like, yeah. is it to take office? Like we've suggested, or is it like Independence Day where some tragedy has come to the planet and the u and the president has to, of course, save the world because that's what American presidents do, right? That's right. <laughs>
2: Well, that was actually uh, another interesting part of that prompt. It's very specific. The U.S. president fights the champ. So I I think I like the the catastrophic, as as catastrophic as the better, in in my opinion, Uh uh, with the storytelling, pull them in. And what did, uh, that famous quote by Kurt Vonnegut when he was talking about short storytelling, he said, to start as close to the end yeah, as you could manage. And sorry, Kurt Vonnegut. I probably sluttered that quote, but
0: <laughs> something like that.
2: That's the feeling I get from this this prompt. Right? It okay. A standoff with seeing the U.S. president on a rapidly right. flooding mud island, squaring off with the champ.
1: And then the scene cuts, and it's like six months earlier. Yeah, you know, on <laughs> Air Force yes. One,
2: flipping through the papers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: So what if this is going into silly territory? Like like this hasn't so far. Oh, it's
2: going into the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: for the first time this episode. We're gonna get silly <laughs> with this. Um, but okay, so what if, what if the U.S. president fights the champ, and if the champ wins, they swap bodies, and the champ gets to be president for <laughs> for four oh. years. And what if the cha- president has never won? What if we've always had some other body swapping alien entity Ooh. ruling our country and this person, maybe maybe we get to the first female US president and she's like, I'm gonna fight the champ for real and I'm gonna win for real.
1: Ooh. That explains so much.
2: It yeah, like,
0: <laughs> like, and so that's yeah.
2: Sometimes the champ just gets a little bored in the US, you know, president's body and is like, let's shake this up. And this is uh-huh. crazy policies
0: yeah and that could be fascinating if this is like <laughs> if she learns that nobody human has ever actually been <laughs> president of the
2: u.s i love this story oh my gosh yes and they're just known as the champ because it the was case, so it's not quite the title but it's the champ
0: maybe it doesn't fully have a body of its own mm. like maybe it's it maybe that's partly why it's difficult to fight because it's
2: mm.
0: has elements being non-corporeal
1: So, is it like some singular entity of its own race, like Q, from start? It just got bored and it was like, oh, look, a new country's starting. I'll go fight that George Washington guy.
2: I love that. And, And, And maybe, you know, the rapidly flooding Mud Island is the play space. Where this entity takes everybody to do it, it's always just, right like, like a little this pocket time. dimension. Yeah, that's right.
0: Maybe this non-corporeal champ forms some sort of body out of mud as it goes, so it has to Ooh, fight here. Yes. And as the island floods, it gets more powerful. It gets more, more elements to play with, and so she has to go in and fight like fast <laughs> and fast and smart to get it before it gets too big to plausibly defeat. <laughs> you know, and we
2: can go into that uh, narrative of saying, you know, all the male u.s presidents in the past have tried to use more brawn whereas she yeah. out, outweighed you know outclassed in weight has to use yeah. more of an intellect which yeah. could be, you know a very interesting, interesting dialogue on women in politics yeah. a, little, but, a little bit of a feminist bent <laughs> <with> the- <laughs> and you know but part of me keeps thinking well what does it get out of this you know what is the champ or what is the what is the bigger story behind this? And what if we have something where, you know, um, I don't know, have you guys read, I'm really into webtoons. So I'm going to out myself for a little bit of this. I'm reading a webtoon (laughs) called Omniscient Reader. And it is (laughs) an action webtoon where the concept is there is a, it's a cosmic, class of beings who are basically tuning in to this dystopian destruction of the Mm. world and watching it like a reality show and giving patronage. So that it almost makes me think, like, is there somebody outside this world that is maybe being entertained by this or watching over this?
1: See, that's what I was just wondering because if the champ wins, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure being U.S. president is a prize. (laughs) Right? (laughs) They might have tried to, you know, do what good they could for a while. And then, of course, in our day, it's just like, well, whatever, I'm in office again. But I I keep going back to, like, mythology. What if this is a Greek god or something Mm. or a a titan, some ancient being that has been imprisoned Mm -hmm. for reasons, some kind of punishment. Mm -hmm. And this is the only way they get to get out of the prison is by possessing the u.s president
2: i like that and i was thinking along the same lines what if it was something that was awoken at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the revolutionary war and so every u.s president has to secretly take this down to preserve the safety of the nation
0: this is this is fascinating and we have hit our title point so let me go ahead and generate (laughs) a title for us and see if we get anything oh well this is an ugly title but i'll um, but I guess we can find a way for it to for it to work. Our title is a multi-hued international dispute, <sighs> which is the ugliest, clunkiest title I've maybe ever read for anything.
1: Yes, um, so, this is like the, the paper somebody wrote up about.
0: <laughs> yeah, this yep, is vert. this is this is the the paper that they have about the the history of fighting the champ. Right,
2: um, <laughs> <laughs> the undergrad paper where somebody's just coming in. But they're the only, no, 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 no. A multi-tune international dispute is the title of an academic paper by a substandard or a subpar undergrad student at a community college who was the only one to discover this fact of what was going on.
0: Yeah. The U.S. president does this. This happens like right away. They don't get told about this at all until it's time for them to fight. So this person wrote a paper about it, found out about it, and reaches out to her when she seems likely to win. And is just like, hey, I want to give you a heads up. So she has the advantage of having a little bit of extra oh, time to plan yes. for it and having information about like the past presidents and all the, the few bits of information he does have. And has a little bit of a I also just want to point out that uh, multi-hued international dispute um, is almost an acronym for MUD. So I wanted it to be the name of <laughs> I to be the the name Rats. of the creature. <laughs> uh, a multi-hued international <laughs> dispute. <laughs>
1: Um, the Secret Service would know all about this.
0: I mean, maybe, maybe they don't. Maybe it's something where the tradition, as far as they know, is that they bring is that the president gets takes like a like a meditative retreat or something. <laughs> and, and so then, they know they know where it is, but they don't know what happens there. They don't know that the president gets replaced.
1: Right, but they know something happens, and when the president is done and out of office, that's why they, that's why they keep paying the guy. Because after going through that, whatever happened was something serious. So let's keep paying
0: them. Well, hold on. So does, so what happens to the US, does the US president get their body back after they're out of office? Is that how it happens? It swaps around again? Well, I assume so. Because I just realized that I assumed that they like vanished out of existence, but obviously that's not the case. No. (laughs) I just realized I hadn't dealt with, like, do they get it back? Yeah. So he finds out about this from former president's, uh, like, he uncovers, like, ancient journal entries or something and is like, what is this? And starts digging. And they're, But the U.S. presidents are the only ones who know that that happened to
1: them. Yeah, but it's like they're paid hush money. And that's why they're still protected by the Secret Service. It's because, like, you can't tell anybody about this. Or it could even
2: be something where they remember it. Like, they're in their body and they can see everything that's happening. And then mm-hmm. there's something that happens after this corporeal being leave, where it's almost like get a like a check, you know, it's a mental block, so they yeah. can't actually expound mm-hmm. anything
1: on it. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is that where the men in black come in with the flashy thing? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I say they remember it, but they literally cannot physically speak about it. Yeah. Or do think about that. That would be weird. And maybe there's something where one president was able to get one sliver of information out and yeah. immediately like, died like, after. It-
0: yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, like, like maybe at a at a valedictorian speech or something, and that's where the student got the idea to look into it.
2: Yeah,
0: it's something that would not ever have been noticed if you were not looking for something weird <laughs> traced across presidents. And he starts piecing things things together into this really
1: unusual. And um, and theory. his professors are like, "What? Where did you get this?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's technically well written, and you you got all the resources, but um, it doesn't make sense.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Except for the creative writing professor who like absolutely loves it, right? Yes. <laughs> yes okay. um,
1: and
0: somehow our current our U.S. president in this story is convinced. I don't know how. Maybe she has a conversation with a previous president who says something that weirds her out, and then when the guy approaches her, it kind of clicks. It makes sense, and she's like, "Well, that's really weird," oh. but it kind of it kind of gels with what I was being told, and so she is she is convinced and decides to spend some time looking at this and figuring out how can I. How can I fight the champ and defeat the champ um, <laughs> on the mud island? <laughs> oh. Oh. Like, there's still so many questions. So if it's an international dispute, is that international meaning a nation from another planet?
2: Maybe it happens on every ca- continent on mm. the earth. So this happens with every power. Maybe. So it actually an international dispute. And that's the teaser into the next book. Where <laughs> yes. you find out it is international. Not
0: you find world. out it's not just the U.S.
2: Yes, right. right
1: or, or or, a metaphor international. It's literally international.
0: Okay, I like this. We're coming close to the end of our brainstorming time. Are there pieces of this that we haven't delved into that we need to? Multi-hued is still weird at the time.
2: Maybe it's a colorful mud? I don't know. That's what yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> a- <laughs> I just want to know what happens at the end. I feel like we can't leave it hanging. What
1: happens? Yeah, yeah she, I don't know. She wins, she fights the like, champ. What's what's the nature of the fight? Like you said, if it's brawn versus brains, like what kind of help could the student's paper give the president? Elect
0: color have something to do with its weakness? If she comes in colorfully, I don't know. Like is it's, like <laughs> it, like when it's when it's in its non-human body, can it like not process color correctly or something? And so, if you go in looking all oh. presidential in dark colors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can see you but if you go in wearing bright like, yellow it
1: can't or something right, like madam president-elect with her yellow pants suit, you know
0: or something like that maybe there's like a specific combination of colors that like does register as essentially like a blind spot to this creature when it does not have human eyes
1: mm. i really like this i really want to read this i know but we need somebody to write it exactly we need to know how it ends <laughs>
2: All right, somebody write.
1: We, this. Have, yep. we have
0: questions. We're, we're going to toss this out to you, listeners. We're going to ask you to please write something about this because what even is this? And I love it.
1: Or even draw something. I mean, seriously, send us art of President Joe Biden fighting a giant mud monster. <laughs> yeah, draw as many
0: pres- draw presidents fighting the mud monster, and we will right. put it on our Instagram. Yes, we sure. will. <laughs>
1: like yeah. that is that is what that account was created this, for. This might be the best visual in the history of this
2: podcast.
1: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I I feel
2: like it has to be very comedic. Very, you know, very yes. comedic. It's going to be goofy.
0: It has to be goofy. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I absolutely love this. All right, folks, uh, you know what to do. We're tossing this over to you. Please send us anything you come up with this because I would love to revisit this from from your perspective and vantage points. All right, as we wind down, let's go ahead and get into our segment where we suggest a story recommendation for our listeners. I just finished reading When You Reach Me by Rebecca Stead which won the Newbery Medal in 2010 and a bunch of Best Book of the Year awards. And it is a really lovely middle grade young adult book about this girl who starts receiving mysterious messages from someone who she doesn't know who, but who seems to know her future and what's going on. It's that interspersed with like just her regular everyday life of trying to make friends and trying to connect with people and feeling insecure and unhappy about the fact that most of the people she knows are well off and her family is not. And so it's it's this wonderful mix of everyday realism and then this strange supernatural sci-fi story that ends up being really, really moving at the end. And I, I absolutely love it. And I would definitely recommend it, especially if you like non-realistic YA books. It's
1: really lovely. I'm gonna toss it to you, Jenny. What would you like to recommend? I would like to recommend a game again. You guys know I love my story-filled games. And one of my favorites is no longer available to play free online because flash player was discontinued. If you guys remember, (sighs) but this game is called submachine and there's 10 games in the main series. And then there are several additional side games that are related, but not part of the main story. They're essentially room escape games of a kind where you're just in a place. You don't know why you're there, but you got to solve little puzzles and move stuff around to figure out your way out. But as the series continues, you start learning something about the place that you're in and how things are related and who else is involved, but just little tastes of it. And so it's very, very intriguing how its own mythology kind of generates itself as the game series continues. And it's just gorgeous art, fascinating ambient music, and just one of my favorite things to play over and over again. You can find it on mitoshskutnik.com which is a Polish name and has lots of Z's and S's and stuff. But if you just Google submachine games, it'll lead you right there. Go give it a try. Fantastic stuff.
0: Perfect. All right, Mickey, uh, you get a chance to do this as well. What's a story that you would recommend that our listeners check out?
1: Oh,
2: I hate these questions. It's always, you know, on those icebreakers. <laughs> like, what's your favorite book? And then all of a sudden, all the books I've ever read in my life didn't right. go out of my head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. But i talking about U.S. presidents so much. Mm -hmm. I I can't get out of my head this book I have been reading, and I absolutely adore it. It's a nonfiction, but she tells a lot of personal story uh, in many almost memoir-type ways. Um, It's called Becoming Bulletproof by Evie Pomperoff. I don't know if you've heard about this, but she was a former Secret Service agent and details. Mm -hmm many presidents and she was actually in the, the nine, one of the two towers as 9-11 hit um and so the book opens up by her detailing the account of how she escaped the basement that she was interrogating a suspect in as the planes hit and they had to get out of the building and oh, wow she was buried like buried in the uh one of the twin towers uh yeah. and it's a very empowering book especially it's It is written by a woman and from a woman's perspective, when it comes to the need for everybody to mentally and physically become the, have the type of skills and to become the kind of person who can survive in any type of situation environment. But my favorite part of the book that I'm in the middle of reading right now is how to read people, how to understand people and whether they're truth-telling or they're lying and interrogation strategies, it's actually helped a lot when it comes to the reason I'm reading it is actually for my improv skills and for my storytelling. storytelling, Cause I, I wanted to be able to have a little bit of a leg up on being able to read people a little bit better and to Mm -hmm. be able to express in myself things that I wanted people that I wanted to be communicated in my body language and my facial expressions and the way I speak and, and hold myself so
1: fascinating it
2: is fascinating and so i can't get enough of it and i would highly recommend it for anybody who's looking for real life self-help or or fascinating real tales of survival or like me a performer who's wanting to learn how to hone your craft in front of people.
0: all right before we take off mickey i want to make sure and give you a chance to plug anything you want to for yourself any social media or other projects anything that you might want to share with our listeners
2: I would adore that. Thank you. So please follow me um, on Instagram and Facebook at Mickey Cotton, M-I-C-K-I-C-O-T-T-A-M. I am actually uh, creating, developing, and co-writing an immersive game show role play experience that's going to be available nationally on a streaming uh, market. So that involves both the player and the audience storytelling uh, live. It's incredible and I'm super excited to debut that and it's also going to be holding a live event where you're going to be integrating your characters that you have created in the digital project and be able to come live and play with us there as well in the space. So keep a heads up for that. I'm very excited as I said to debut that but Follow me for updates of that at Mickey Cottom on Instagram and Facebook, and you'll be one of the first to see the big reveal of my project.
0: All right. Uh, Thank you once again so much for joining us. This has been so much fun.
2: Oh, thank you. I appreciate the invite.
0: (laughs) All right, folks, that's our episode. As a reminder, you can find us every other Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WriteThisPod. And if you've been inspired by this episode and have questions or comments or a drawing of Joe Biden fighting a mud monster or anything else, (laughs) email us at somebodywritethis at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks. We'll see you then. And as they say, he who has taken the bear into the boat must cross over with him.